406 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And as we like to do when Joe Sneavy from Artist Leader Media is here, we play a little Pearl Jam. I appreciate that. It's a very warm welcome. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. I think we got your uh, microphone working there now. I hope so. The, uh, there you are. You may have just been getting overwhelmed by uh, the the lovely tones of Mr. Eddie Vedder Eddie there. Vedder, yeah. I've actually had a lot of Pearl Jam on my mind this week. They've got a new uh, DVD out from those Wrigley Field shows last summer. Oh, yeah. And they Weren't you there? You yeah, were there. I, went, I went to both of them. Um, the DVD is called Let's Play 2, and they, they kind of, it's it's a mixture of a uh, documentary about Pearl Jam's kind of ra- rise in the industry um, and how it all kind of culminated with these shows at Wrigley Field last summer, and that coincided with the Cubs' historic run, so half the DVD is about the Cubs and kind of the, the intersection between the band, the city, and the Cubs, because there's a lot of connections, I guess. Even in the Cubs' locker room, they have a Pearl Jam wall. With Pearl Jam posters and really? guitars and stuff like that, it's permanent a permanent display there. In Why the, is that? Well, uh, Eddie Vedder's from Chicago originally. Um, I didn't know that. Theo Epstein, the general manager of the Cubs, uh, is a huge Pearl Jam fan. He's featured in the DVD quite a bit. There's just a lot of connections. Eddie Vedder sings "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" at Wrigley Field a few times this summer. It seems like so. I could go on and on about the Chicago connections with Pearl Jam. So. You're also a Cubs fan, aren't you? Yeah. And I didn't. I was a Cubs fan before I became a Pearl Jam fan. And then, you know, five, ten years into my fanhood, I realized that there's this connection. And it's kind of like, wow, the my world's collided a little bit. That is weird. So, so uh, you, as we, we've talked many times about you being a Pearl Jam, but you got kind of, you know, I, I played up the fact that you had had seen them, what, 30-whatever times. And then you got basically smacked down on Twitter by... Uh, by John, the yeah. Metro Cab. Because he's seen them more than I have. Which is impressive. But he's got a few years on me uh, as far as age-wise, so yeah. I think I'll catch up. Yeah, you'll just wear him down over time. <laughs> yeah. That's a good plan. Uh, we don't have Joe on uh, to talk about uh, the music scene much, but I like talking about music, and we'll, we'll hit it back and forth here. Uh, we have him on to talk more about city hall and all of a sudden man it's just erupted again it 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 was up there with the siding deal then it kind of died down a little bit now it's back with this uh parking ramp and the hotel and all of that and you wrote a story that i was talking about earlier in the show that basically laid out and something that scott erisman's brought up on this program uh blogger scott erisman which is that if you look at the cost of the parking ramp on a per stall basis, it appears to be much higher than normal. Yeah, you know, if you just take the f- total project costs uh, and you divide that out by the number of spaces you get, uh, the city is paying, you know, about $40,000 per parking space. Um, the national average for parking ramp construction on a per space basis is more uh, in the ballpark of $20,000. But and that's according to this parking con- national parking consultant that studies these things. Uh, Carl Walker is the name, and the city's actually contracted with these people 
before to help determine where they need to go with their parking needs in the future. Mm-hmm. So there's a connection. It's not like I just plucked this out of thin air. Right. Um, but in that study, they they take out soft costs like planning, legal counsel, you know, anything that's not actually like uh, actual construction costs. You know, they take that out, and that's how they get that twenty thousand dollar figure. Uh, so the city, you know, they I I told them Friday mm-hmm. that I'm working on this story, and there's this report mm-hmm. that says this is how much it should cost, and you know, they knew where I was going with this story and they declined to comment on the story and said, we're going to, we won't be talking about this anymore until Tuesday night when we get back in front of the city council. So I wrote what I knew, um, comparing the raw numbers from the city's project to this report. Uh, mm-hmm. it looked like our, we were going to spend double what the national average is. Um, according to the city, you know, you can't, if you use the exact same methodology, that the Walker report did, um, it comes out to about $26,000 of space. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I was hoping to learn from the city on Friday, mm-hmm. and I had to wait to get that until Tuesday night. And largely the difference there is that the total cost for the parking ramp comes down because for whatever million of that is to do site prep. That's not included in the construction costs of the ramp. Right. right? I mean, they would have to, if you were going to do anything there... Um, build anything whether mm-hmm. it was a ramp or anything they would have to do these site costs there's a whole bunch of utility lines that are 100 years old running under there uh it's it's uh quartzite rock uh, like fragmented rock so they're going to have to do a lot of prep work to get the foundation to be secure i mean it's a 13-story building mm-hmm. so they have to do a lot of groundwork why that isn't considered a part of the construction cost i don't i don't know i'm not an industry insider but, but would have been nice all you needed was and I read the breakdown of costs earlier in the show, if you would have had that, right. you would have had better insight into how they were calculated. Exactly. But then the story comes out and they, they call you names, right? Yeah, well, the, uh, I, Teresa Staley, Counselor Teresa Staley, she kind of has a reputation as a bomb thrower. Mm-hmm. She f- took my story and posted it all over Facebook and social media uh, as a, a reason why we shouldn't support this project. Right. She's again, she wants to defer it, delay it at yeah, least to she, figure out some things. She wants more time. Right. Um, but I, I don't think she's real hip on the project to begin with. But um, so as a kind of putting the fire out that she was, you know, my story coupled with her energy around sharing the story created a, a headache for city hall and city councilors who were pr- planning on voting for this. They felt like, if we vote on this and the public thinks it's twice the national average, there's going to be fallout from the voters and whatnot. So some of the counselors were trying to put that fire out on Facebook, and I was getting caught Greg in the middle. Greg Neitzer, primarily. Neitzer, primarily. Yep. And I was getting caught in the middle of that. Um, so, you know, it, I feel like uh, the city missed an opportunity to, to uh, you know, first off, steer the narrative of that story a little bit and uh, just PR. You know, they have a... Uh, a PR office basically right. and I've I don't know why they they take the approach they do because it causes them more headaches than it needs to yeah. we're going to come back and talk more about the parking ramp because it's a, it is a great issue and it's a it's a big project for the city uh, we're going to come back more talk more with Joe Sneavy from Argus Leader Media right after this short break this is the Patrick Lally show on information 1000 KSOO Don't be frustrated when someone else takes control of the radio.
419 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And a little more Pearl Jam. I, pick, I try and pick uh, different songs for you every time, you know what I mean? I'm sort of, I'm getting to the end of my Pearl Jam library. Well, there's a, there's a catalog is huge. It is. So if you need any pointers for my next appearance, I can send you. You should probably send me a playlist. A suggestion. You, you should, anytime you're going to be on the show, you should just send a playlist of, and it doesn't have to be Pearl Jam. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff, just keep that in mind. Do you, when uh, Matt Stab comes in here, do you give him uh, Jason Isbell? Yeah, in fact, he just texted me. He said, uh, he said Joe Sneevy's a, a Jason Isbell fan, which I knew. But yeah. yeah, we did all Jason Isbell when Matt stops here. See, I'm, uh, I'm working on getting as many Isbell shows as Pearl Jam shows. I mean, I saw him the first time ever in 2015, and now I've got six under my belt. Six Jason Isbell shows. And That's I'm, impressive. I'm going uh, to Cedar Rapids in January to see him down there. So until he fun. plays, I'll keep going until he plays a bad one. He's coming back. I had an interview on the show the other day with Andy Howes, who's the promoter on that yep. uh, fuel, and he said he's they loved it. They love it here. They're coming back. Yeah, so. I mean, I think Andy's been involved with all three of his stops mm-hmm. here, and so. the Drive By Truckers, which yep. is his old band. Who's going to be here in January? Yeah, the day after the Rich Show release party, ah. both at the Orpheum. So they played this the district within the last year. Mm-hmm. Drive By Truckers did. Um, it was a good show. The acoustics in that place aren't as good as you'd think for right. a, a music hall. Right. But uh, this next one's at the Orpheum. And you Which can't, is awesome. You can't get a better venue than that for the sound. Anyway. And it's small. It's yeah. a great, it's a really good venue. It's and fantastic. I'm looking forward to both those shows. Are you a Drive-By Truckers fan then? Yeah, much? well, I got into them after I discovered Jason Isbell. Yeah. So I was kind of back, backed right. into them. They're, right. they're good. Yeah. So. so we're looking forward to that show. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Andy. <laughs> the Orpheum is a city-owned building that, that's yep. under review right now about what to do with it in the future. As, as a, aside from the arena, it could be torn down. Uh, there, there's no talk about you know tearing down the no. Orpheum or anything no, like no, that. No, no, but, no, no. But it's run by SMG now, which runs the, uh, the Premier Center and everything. Yeah. And I don't know. It seems like there are, there's more stuff going on at the Orpheum. I mean, you've got to book around uh, community theater and some yeah. other stuff, but... The the calendar doesn't have as many black days or dark days as the arena does, so it's busier than the arena is, um, yeah. and it provides a certain need in the community. Absolutely, for community theater. I mean, that was the purpose of it when the city bought it, and that purpose hasn't changed. And the city still is dedicated to that mission, as far as I know. So. And we get to see some great shows along the way. Yep. So that's cool. Um, we're going to talk about the arena in just a minute, but I want to finish up on this uh, parking lot thing, parking ramp, and hotel deal mm-hmm. this is a different deal than the city has ever entered into before isn't it uh yeah i think they've never built anything with a public private partnership that i'm aware of certainly they have a hotel going up at elmwood golf course which is publicly owned land but they're not involved in any of the building of the structure out right. there um, that company is just leasing the land and building the whole hotel. It'll be a Holiday Inn. It's if you've driven by that area of town, it's almost done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a whole new animal, which is why the city said it took so long to, from making the selection of legacy developments back in February, to um, you know they, when they made the pick, they expected to have contracts and stuff by June 
or July. And then those deadlines kept passing. They kept needing to extend it out a month and then another month and another month. And eventually, you know, it took nine months. You know, they had to negotiate for another $4 million, apparently. Yeah, but that's that's a joke. Yeah. And they say it's because they've never waded through something so complicated. Uh, And the fact that they're using enterprise funds for this. um, Which is the parking money. The parking money. Enterprise funds are money that comes from fees for sewers and all that kind of stuff. Right. So in the parking system, it's meters. When you plug a meter, that money goes into the fund. When you pay a parking ticket, that goes into a fund. And when people lease parking spaces in the public ramps, that goes into this fund. Uh, I don't know if it's in state law or charter or where it is, but uh, it specifically says somewhere that you can't use these monies for anything but the system that's generating the money. Right. So the city can't take parking money and go do economic development with it. So Right. That's the way it should be, right? Right. But a big part of this parking ramp project, the mixed-use part of it, is about economic development. So figuring out how to craft the language and direct money in such a way that they're not crossing any lines they shouldn't, that's what took so long, I think, uh, as far as working out the deal. That's why they had to spend so much money on legal fees and consultants just to get to where we are now. Well, and it's a big – I mean, let's not – it's $50 million project. This is not, you know, just – you know, tightening up some streets, you know what I'm right. saying? So yeah. taking a lot of time probably is okay. Um, that again, the issue with the city all the time is just tell us what the deal is mm-hmm. and let's discuss the deal. But they drop it on the council. They got to vote on it. First reading last night. Yeah. A week after the project was unveiled to begin with. And uh, when they unveiled the project last Tuesday, it was very high level numbers, um, not mm-hmm. the details like we got last night. Um, so that's why I had more questions. I'm pretty satisfied at this point with what we learned last night mm-hmm. as far as um, understanding the numbers. Uh, you know, the city's portion of this project is $21.3 million. They've already spent 700 grand on planning. Mm-hmm. So you minus that 700 grand and you're at $20.6 million. They're going to borrow sixteen and a half million. That's what the bonding is for, and then the the remainder, the four point one, mm-hmm. will come from cash on hand in the enterprise fund. In the enterprise, not fund. from just out of state co- or city coffers. Right. That yeah. it's specifically parking money. Uh, <clears throat> so they uh, they said they've been working on this for a long time. So now they're ready to go, and they want the council to, you know, push it through as soon as possible because they want to be able to have a groundbreaking ceremony uh, next. <clears throat> next spring before Huther leaves office. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Um, we are going to continue this conversation right after the break, the news, and uh, we'll come back with Joe Sneavy from Argus Leader Media, and we'll talk more about, I, I got some more parking questions, but then we got, I want to talk about the arena and all this different stuff. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. While you're getting ready in the morning, eating breakfast or in the car, KSOO will keep you entertained. 433 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Three little curveball there, Sneedy. doesn't sound like Pearl Jam. It is not Pearl Jam. It is, in fact, in excess, the one thing. In excess. That's yeah. going way back. It is. It, this is more my era. Yeah. Not, it's nothing to scoff at. No, it's Reputable good stuff. band. Yeah, they're all right. Yeah. I just thought I'd, you know, I, was, they, I told you I was running out of Pearl Jam songs. Are they still around? 
no, uh, Michael uh, Hutchins, Hutchinson, Hutchins, he died. Oh. So they, the other two guys were in uh, Power Station. Is that right? I don't know. With don't uh, know. Robert Palmer. Oh, Remember really? that? Yeah, I yeah. know who he is. Exactly. So they, they went on. They're two brothers, the Taylor brothers, and they were in uh, that band for a while. I I don't know. They're all old now, so who knows what they're doing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. Good so stuff. So you're telling man. me he died. So that that got him too, huh? That whole death thing? Yeah, but <laughs> 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 snuck up on him, though. I don't know what happened. They were big when I was in college. I had a uh, In Excess Shabu Shaba. That's the album with uh, the, the uh, uh, lyrics to Don't Change on the back, which is the song I should have played. Don't change, baby. Don't change. Don't you go changing. So, <laughs> little known facts there. Getting back to city politics with Joe Sneevy from Argus Leader Media. Um, the the reason they're building this parking ramp, by the way, is because they say we don't have enough leased parking downtown. Is that true? According to their numbers, it is. I mean, you drive through a parking ramp in the middle of the day, though, and you get up past the first or second floor, they're empty. But that doesn't mean there's not a lease for them. It just means the lease owner doesn't have their car there at the time they they actually over lease the parking ramps they say they're at like a hundred and some percent and that's capacity. not counting the spaces that are not leased right right these are the places that you can rent and the justification is that you need more because it's starting to limit the business growth downtown and the residential growth right businesses need a place uh, landlords need a place to tell their empl- employees and tenants you can park here. Yeah. You know, so guaranteed. Like if there's no place to keep your car and we're in South Dakota, everybody's got a car. Um, well. <laughs> most people, <laughs> yeah, that's right. um, you know, if you're not going to build an apartment downtown. If, right. if there's no place for your tenants to park, you're not going to open a business downtown if office, no you know, like a uh, hundred employees, where are they going to park? Right. And that's, that's really the issue mm-hmm. that's there, driving this. There's uh last night. It was said that, of all the parking spaces that are available downtown, about 40% are publicly owned. So the private industry, the private sector provides a lot of its own parking. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, who has, well, Washington Square will have a private ramp mm-hmm. that will be open to the public on nights and weekends, but it's not a... It's for the residents of the building yeah. and the businesses that are right. in there. It's not a public ramp. It's It will be open to the public at times. Yeah. But yeah, so, so the private sector is doing its part, but the city says it needs to keep up. Uh, it's also easier for the city to provide parking because it doesn't have to get a rate of return that the private sector would. Right. Uh, so it's 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 the government's just providing something that might not be feasible uh, from the private sector. Um, Teresa Staley was on this show the, uh, Monday, and I mean she's skeptical of the notion that we need more parking. Well, last night she said she seemed to concede that we did. Um, she said we have a need for parking downtown. And to get it, this new ramp will net 390 spaces because where they're going to build it is already sits a a surface parking lot that the city owns Mm -hmm. where 135 spaces are. So you minus 135 from the 525 they want to build. And that's so the city's gaining 390 new parking spaces. And she says that's just not enough for the price tag associated with it. At least that's the rationale she gave last night. The other point that. Uh, I think she made, I can't remember who made it, is just what you said. Washington Square is putting in their own parking. Why can't the hotel put in its own parking? And Darren Ketchum, Community Development Director, countered that last night by saying Washington Square was the beneficiary of multiple millions of dollars worth of tax increment financing. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, there's no tiff on this deal. There's no tiff on this deal. Well, that is interesting. So they they made a, a point to say we we worked really hard to make sure there was no traditional tax dollars going to this project. Uh, you can argue the semantics of whether parking fees are taxes mm-hmm. or not. Right. Um, fees are fees and taxes the same thing. Right. It's a legitimate know. argument. But as far as the city sees it, it's not coming from the general fund, um, sales tax money property tax money, any traditional taxes, none of those will go towards this ramp. The other thing is, it is a good addition, and I've said that. I, I think it's a good project. You don't have to say that because you're, you're an actual journalist. I'm not. Well, it looks the, cool. It looks cool on the drawings, but we need upscale hotel downtown. Now, Hotel Phillips or the Phillips Hotel that's going in at 9th and Phillips in that historic building that's now a bank and offices, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But that's a huge hole in our hospitality industry in this community. Yeah, Terry Schmidt with CVB, you know, she says we need more hotels. They will never turn a, a hotel project down. You know, they, it, it was pointed out during the NCAA bidding process when we were trying to get that we didn't have the requisite number of full service hotels. Full service, which was shocking to me. Luxury at the time. hotels. That that new one going up at Elmwood Golf Course. Is a luxury hotel mm-hmm. that should meet those needs and make it easier for the sports authority to get tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they still, they say they still need more. So, because when you when you bring in these big events, these basketball teams, you know, they need they all need a place to sleep. Yep, and they don't want to all be hanging out in the same hotel room. Well, they need kitchens. They need to be able to have full meals yep. provided at the hotel. You know, you can't get that at Super Eight. So you can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what about that? Uh, you know, free breakfast. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got to take a, a short break here and uh, deal with some business, some federal business, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, we'll be right back with Joe Sneevy. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. <laughs> Four forty-four on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Janitor Bob. And this is a real curveball for uh, Joe Sneedy from Argus City Media. Janitor Bob and the Armchair Cowboys. People forget the Armchair Cowboys now. Yeah, I seem to forget that when I mentioned them too in the newsroom the other day. I was asking. We have a lot of music aficionados yeah. in the newsroom and. I was asking folks if they remember Janitor Bob, and nobody could, really, and, except for Zimmer. Yeah. I was at one of their final shows. It was supposed to be their final yeah. show at the Birdcage. Yeah. I was probably, like, 14 years old. Yeah. was exposed <laughs> to things that I probably ought not have been. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> they were a good time, and they were pretty big there for a while. And, uh, it's uh, it, yeah, people have kind of forgotten, not totally forgotten about them, because, I mean, we're playing them, so there you go. Yeah. But. Good local band, Jenner Bob and the Armchair Cowboys, Martin Dill fronting that band. and The uh, guitar player, I think Pat McIntyre. Yeah, his uh, his cousin, Ben Meyer, was a guitar player in my high school band. You're kidding me. So there was some connection. I think that's how I got tickets to that show, was through Ben. Uh-huh. So. Small world, Small isn't world. It? I know Pat. I know all those guys. Um, we're here with Joe Sneevy. Again, not talking about music, but we like to because it's fun and it's my show. Everybody likes music. <laughs> That's right. It's a big part of what we do here. Uh, but we're talking about uh, city politics and some other stuff that's going on in the city of Sioux Falls. Um, enough about parking, right? We're done with parking. 
Do you have anything more you want to say about parking? It's uh, the worst well, topic, and yet that's what we talk about all the time. Well, it's town. a $50 million project, yep. parking or not. Yep. Uh, the final vote is scheduled for December 5th. Uh, they will take public input should any residents or citizens have anything to say. Um, so that's, I mean, we'll have some resolution on this then. Though mm-hmm. I'm, I'm presuming that this is going to pass 6-2, to two, mm-hmm. I think. Pat Starr and Teresa. Pat Starr voted yes last night because it's first reading. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes a lot of times. Uh, but I, my prediction is it's a six-two vote of approval. Yeah. So speaking of, uh, and, and I honestly, I think it should pass. I, but that's me. I get to say that. Uh, I have a radio show. Um, I want to know more about how that four million is being spent. But I can understand why they need it. I. Building there is going to be difficult. It always is in a downtown. It always is. It's not the airport. It's not uh, uh, Elmwood Golf Course. It's none of those things. It's in the middle of downtown Sioux Falls. So anyway, uh, I also want to ask you about public input because I noticed a tweet that you had last night that was curious. Okay. From the meeting involving Cub Scouts and public input. What, okay. What? Tell me what happened because I don't really know. Well, I got to back up a little bit. I'm sure your listeners... If they're, you know, they're, they're savvy, they're civic minded, uh, public input, you know, everybody gets five minutes. Anybody who wants to talk about anything, you could go up there and read the phone book. Uh, and some people almost do, (laughs) but, uh, they seem to get, there's ebbs and flows, but they get really wild sometimes. Um, the last few weeks we've had folks, uh, like street people, people living on the streets Mm -hmm. coming in and talking about problems in the system. Mm -hmm. Is there enough support for homelessness, whatnot? Uh, and it seems to be the repeat the same people over and over make yeah. the same spiels. And uh, in the last few weeks, we've had extra people repeating their their same testimony every week. Yeah. And uh, even, uh, one gentleman last night brought up Charles Manson and how <laughs> uh, he got a raw deal. And, you know, it's just very wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always Boy Scouts there taking in the civic experience. And they left about halfway through or towards the end of public input because mm-hmm. we're about quarter to eight. Uh, they get up and leave. The mayor got up and followed them out. And as he w- and I was sitting near the exit, mm-hmm. and I o- I heard him. Uh, he put his hand on the shoulder of one of the Boy Scouts, and as they walked out, he said uh, something along the lines of, "Sorry, you had to sit through all that." Um, I I tweeted, you know, the mayor said sorry for the circus, circus. or whatever, and I said I was paraphrasing in my yeah. tweet. But it, it feels like a circus sometimes. You were so, calling it a circus, not him. Yes, okay. I was. So, And I, I saw uh, a post uh, later that night saying that the Huther called it a circus, and I pointed out right away that, I, that mm-hmm. those are my words, not the mayor's. Um, but it is the sentiment, nonetheless, is the same from the mayor. He's not a fan of no. public input because it goes on and on and on. It does. And uh, these guys just want to get on with their business and get home. For I the understand. Night. And there are times I want to do that too. Absolutely. Because when these guys leave and meeting adjourns, they get to go home. <laughs> yeah, I have to go write right. stories. So right. if anybody wants this thing to move along faster, it should be me. But it's a part of the process. Mm-hmm. I think over the history of city government, I think it's varied on how it's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it used to be at the end of meetings. So people who wanted to speak their piece on whatever topic would have to sit through all the routine business to get their opportunity to speak at some point that was moved to the front of the meetings um, so now you know you've got your suits your your developers are in the room mm-hmm. and they have they get to sit and watch the these city officials just take their beatings they should every tuesday night i don't have any problem with it. i know it's long and i know it's a pain it's such a pain and 
I got to tell you, though, I like watching it on Channel 16. I will tune it in because it, it often is the most entertaining part of the of the proceeding. It certainly is entertaining, uh, depending on who you ask, frustrating or entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live tweet it just about every week. I know I've, I have followers who get on Twitter on Tuesday night just to see <laughs> who's going to show. show up. Um, we have some really colorful candidates, mayoral candidate David uh, Zakaitis. Yep. He has used public input to, um, you know, I don't know, talk about what he wants to talk about. And now that he's a candidate, uh, he kind of uses it to campaign <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but while, but he brings some levity to it, too. And yeah. I always like to see him get up because, you know, you'll have three or four people getting up there and just being very vitriolic about what the city's doing and just very critis- critical mm-hmm. of what's happening in city government. And then David will get up there, and he opens every dialogue with, "Hello, I'm David Zakaitis," and <laughs> it's and he's always it's lighthearted, and he ends every he always has a PowerPoint, and he ends it with a pretty picture, and he <laughs> says it's always good to remember that there's lots of beauty in the world, Aww. and it bring like it makes everybody just kind of chill out for a second, and I appreciate it. I think some of the counselors do as well. If not for the fact that it's another five minutes. Yeah. You know. But yeah. It's just, I know, it's a pain. Sit through it. It's part I, of the deal. There I, is no other place like that. There's no other venue like that where you have your redress of grievances. Right. You know? And I think they should do it. I, I, don't, I don't. Leave it just as it is. I don't think um, public input's going to ever go away. I think there's a chance it could be moved back to the back of the meetings. Yeah, then I, nobody will go. I think that's why they moved it up to the front because nobody, nobody showed up. Sitting through it or whatever, yeah. Um, but I feel like these folks who really like public input, mm-hmm. they use it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they need to tone it down. or they. I think they should be self-aware to, yeah. to know that if, if you keep – poking the bear, you know, you might cause them to really work hard to move public input. Yeah, and that wouldn't be good. So, be, you know, you kind of have to get out of your own way. Yes, be reasonable. Be reasonable. Right. Be fair. The, to the mayor's credit, and I will say this, I'm not always uh, kind to him, but he does actually a pretty good job of talking to people when they're up there and moving them along, you know? Yeah, he, he keeps a stopwatch. And yeah. When you get to your five minutes, he's... He'll and he doesn't you, go, bang, you you're on. He, I mean, he's fairly he's congenial about it. Try to be respectful yep. about it. Don't cut him off mid-sentence. Right. Unless, you know, if, if there's times when there's personal accusations being thrown up mm-hmm. there, and he'll cut that off. Yeah. You know, I think Bruce Danielson got cut off a couple weeks ago because he insinuated that uh, poor operations in the city planning office had mm-hmm. something to do with the building collapse. Yeah, uh, that he, was. So they cut him off then, and I can understand why. Um, it's it's uh you got to be careful i mean you do have to be careful about cutting people off and uh but you're right people need to be more self-aware sometimes that's that's the problem hey uh um we're here with joe sneevy he is a city hall reporter for argus leader media actually city what is it called it's like watchdog metro watch metro watchdog reporter i want to use your proper title um the arena we touched on it just uh so they want to they're going to tear the dump down is that what's going to happen well we don't know yet they hired a, a consultant that looks at they're, they're, all the work that they do is to look at old entertainment venues and figure out what to do with them mm-hmm. and analyze the market. You know, how, who wants to come perform here? Where are we lacking? Uh, what do we already have here that we don't need? So they're going to come back with recommendations on what to do with it. It could be renovated. It could be tear it down and build something new. I like uh, how um, 
the one of the the <laughs> most entertaining things for me uh, fairly recently is watching you respond to people who start talking about a parking ramp. <laughs> yes, that ridiculous. So take, go ahead and make your statement on the parking ramp at the arena. There is not going to be a parking ramp at the arena. They, <laughs> somebody wrote a letter to the editor and said, uh, like, we don't need to build a parking ramp out there. And I don't know where this idea came from or where this, you know, misinformation came from. Because mm-hmm. nowhere in my story um, did it say anything about a parking ramp. Mm-hmm. I have never heard the word parking ramp come out of the mayor's mouth in relations to the arena. Mm-hmm. or anybody in city government. Uh, so it was just totally out of left field. And I, f- I felt like if the public is whipping up opposition to doing anything with the arena based on the probability that there's going to be a parking ramp there, it's my duty to nip that in the bud. Well, it was a valiant effort to <laughs> beat down every Facebook comment that I ever saw. So good on you, Joe Sneavy. Uh, Joe Sneavy, he is the uh, Metro watchdog reporter for Argus Leader Media, and we always like having him in. Thanks for coming in for the whole hour, man. That was awesome. Hey, it was, it's, it's better than sitting in the newsroom. Oh, that's always true. <laughs> this is, uh, we'll, we'll have you back on real soon. I'll come All back. Right. All right. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. You keep putting out cash for the latest guests.